Hey guys, Anna Victoria here, and I'm so excited for you to join me on my podcast, Your Best Life. I'm the CEO and founder of the FitBody app, a fitness influencer, and a personal trainer. Every week, I'm going to have a special guest that will share their unique experience and unique story to share how they learned how to live their best life, even if they're still working on it, since we are all a work in progress. I can't wait to help you learn how to create your best life. Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Life with Anna Victoria. Hi guys, Luca is here with me as well. Hi everyone. So today's guest is Chandler Sosby, who is an FBG girl and the junior creative director for Team Fit Body. She is from Houston, Texas, and while she was in college obtaining her BFA in studio art, she discovered me and my FBG guides and her health and fitness journey began. She became an FBG girl in 2016, and over the course of two years, she lost 85 pounds by eating healthier and using my workout programs. Three months after the FitBody app launched, she joined Team FitBody and is now the junior creative director. So, Luca... What are you interested to hear me and Chandler talk about? You have had a lot of requests to have a team member on, right? On the yes. Podcast. Yeah. Each time that I've asked you girls, like, hey, who do you want to hear me talk to on the podcast? There's two requests I keep getting. And it was an FBG girl and a team member. And like when I kind of like put those two together, I was like, oh my gosh, that Chandler, she'd be perfect. And we could, you know, talk about both aspects. So I'm looking forward to hear some kind of insider look of the company. <laughs> I mean, you have it more than anyone, but yeah, Anyways. from from a, from another perspective. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yes, yes. Did you get a lot of questions for her? I got the most questions of any guest. Oh like, wow! It actually, like I'm I'm not surprised because like her journey is so inspirational, and like even I want to hear what she has to say. Like we've had so many conversations over the years about these things, but I feel like I'm in a different spot in my journey right now than in those days, and I you know could use a little boost of motivation myself. So guys, you ready? Here is my conversation with Chandler Sosby. Hi Chandler, welcome to Your Best Life. How are you? Hi Anna, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. Oh, I'm so excited and I have to say, okay, so for everyone um, listening, Chandler's a part of my team. She's also an (laughs) FBG girl and we have spent uh, many times just like obviously talking about our journey and everything, but there were, um, there were a few times that pre podcast, we were like, man, if we could only have a podcast and just talk (laughs) about all this stuff. Like, so we're finally making it happen. Um, (laughs) so, um, I, uh, I'm going to have you share a bit about your journey first. And then I had girls from the community submit questions to ask you, and you okay. probably got the most questions submitted of any of my guests. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. And really, really great, great questions. So we're going to have a lot to dive awesome. into. But first, do you want to share a bit about who you are and what you're about? Sure. So I am Chandler. I My Instagram handle is talk about a mangover. It's a food pun. You know, tacos, mangoes, mangover, makeover. Yes. <laughs> so, that was actually one of the questions. Was to ask about your username, so it's perfect. I get that all the time. I'm just yeah. like, look, I'm a pun person. I liked it. I went with it. And now it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, great. <laughs> so um, I started, I guess, following you in late 2015. 
And in early 2016, January 18th, 2016, wow. <laughs> I got the guides, I started, I created my FVG Instagram and really began like my FVG journey. And I, over the course of two years, I lost 85 pounds using your programs. Yeah. Yay. That's so crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I began my journey. I worked really hard for two years and they weren't, they weren't like consistently. I was always the whole entire time I was completely working out. Like there were definitely ups and downs and periods where I was more focused and less focused. Um, and I spent two years doing that. And then uh, I would say in January 2018, I really realized that like I kind of hit the mark and like it was time to switch my fitness goals. And I kind of switched the journey over to focus more on building muscle. And then in March 2018, <laughs> I got hired on to... Team Fit Body, of uh -huh. course. <laughs> and I've been working there ever since, been working with you and the rest of the team, helping give back to this community, to the FBG community that has done so much for myself and so many other women. So it's been amazing. It's a crazy ride. <laughs> yes, definitely. And so what caused, like, what triggered you to? start this journey? Like, can you take us back to like pre-FBG? Yeah. <laughs> so pre-FBG for me, uh, it was actually a really dark time in my life. I feel like this is a common starting place for a lot of women in the community that isn't maybe necessarily talked about, but I feel like I've had women come forward and share with me that they as well were also in a situation that was less than ideal where they had to they kind of started the program because they needed to find a way to take their power back. And I began this journey at a place where I was completely broken and just, I mean, we talk about positive affirmations and like getting in the mirror and like saying positive things to yourself to like build yourself up. Pre-FBG, I was actually doing the opposite. I would stand there in the mirror, like when I was getting in the shower, getting out of the shower, and I would just bash myself and tell myself horrible things. And just really, I was not kind to myself. And I began my journey at just in a really, really, really low place. And I knew that something had to change. And I wanted, I didn't know where to start. I didn't really know how to start changing my life and changing my situation. Mm -hmm. But I knew that when I was younger, I was in sports and I knew that I enjoyed sports and I knew that I felt good when I was active. And so that's where I wanted to start. I wanted to start by getting fit and I wanted, and I did definitely start wanting physical results. I absolutely wanted to see my body change. And I was like, you know what? When this happens, when I hit my goal size, everything's going to be fixed. Life's going to be great. I definitely thought that when I first started, which is crazy now because it's like the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is, I'm sure, one of the you know many tangents that we've gone off on together while we're yes. supposed to be working <laughs> and talking about, you know, that, you know, it's so many girls do start for that reason to look good and like. It, uh, I have to say that like I've kind of had an evolution of how I talk about physical results because 
I, there was a point where it was very like, oh, don't care about the physical results at all. But like, that's not realistic. You know, like right. people do start for physical reasons and that's okay. Like whatever gets them in the door, um, the kind of, you know, whatever you call it, the flip side here is that um, that's not what's going to keep you on a journey for the long exactly. run. You have exactly. to find other reasons and other things that you know, uh, motivate you or keep you feeling like, you know, you want to continue going for, for other things. So for you, what were the other things that you eventually latched onto that helped you stay so consistent? So for me, I actually, in my process of like losing the weight and like actually being on that journey of losing weight, it actually wasn't until I hit my goal weight, and I say that with finger quotations, goal weight, because I, it, it, it's there's no such thing as a goal weight. But anyway, um, I really, I, it was hitting that point and looking at myself in the mirror and realizing that I still was unhappy with what I saw that made me go, you know what, like there's something, there's something more here, something more needs to happen. And for me, it was at that point, I was very focused on like goals and and reaching this point. And I was so blindly focused on it that once I got there, I realized it wasn't enough. And this wasn't going to truly be a lifestyle if I didn't find something more. And that was when kind of the second half, or I guess more of the current half of my uh, journey began where I started focusing more on self-love and like doing this for me and focusing on my relationship with myself and how to further, I guess, I guess a good way of putting it is like, I'm not trying to compete with myself anymore. I'm trying to collaborate with myself. Everything I do is me collaborating with myself on how to make the best decisions or the best choices, whether that's on food, whether that's with workouts. I really, really try to focus on what I need in that moment and really what is going to best assist me. If I'm having a crap day and what's going to help me in that moment is just not worrying about being super nutritious that evening and just going for pizza and ice cream, I do it. And I give myself that grace because in the moment, that's what I need. I need that support from myself to just know that it's okay to do that. And that's kind of how this has switched for me. It's like now it's it's more about actually living the lifestyle and finding that balance within myself versus just focusing on that physical aspect. Yeah. So how do you find that balance? How do you stop yourself from one night? Because like if, you know... Every night I want pizza and ice cream, you know, like, and I I know it's the same for you. So how do you stop yourself from having that turn into a, okay, once, once a week, twice a week, now it's three, four times a week. How do you uh, keep yourself in check? So, I mean, sometimes that happens and sometimes you're like, oh crap, it's been all week that I've been doing this. But I really, I think that that just kind of comes into the play of, of having the honest conversations with yourself, of just being self-aware to go, you know what? I am continuously wanting these foods and eating these foods. What's the real issue here? Mm -hmm. Is this that I just need to switch up my menu, my normal menu, and I'm bored of foods and I need to be more explorative with trying other things? Or is this that I'm having, you know, mental and emotional struggles in the moment and I'm seeking this out as comfort? And if I'm seeking it out as continuous comfort, 
what can I do to replace that to get back to eating the way that I know truly fuels my body and makes me feel good? Because even though in the moment that food makes me feel good, there's no matter how kind I am to myself, there's guilt that comes after. And there's that frustration of like, oh, why didn't I just say no in the moment? You know, and I just it's a lot easier to kind of avoid that altogether and find another way around it, you know? Yeah. And so how about after like the first like six months of your journey, like, do you feel like you were starting to get the hang of things or at what point do you feel like this became a lifestyle for you? So I would say at about six months in was where I finally, it finally kind of dawned on me that I was like, okay, I can't work out and continue to eat fast food. Oh, got <laughs> like it. I okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I kind of, that six months in was the switch for me for like, okay, I need to be eating better. But I would say, I mean, I'm like, what, January will be five years since I began my journey. So oh. I'm a few months out from five years and this is, I still, it's life ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. You know, there's time periods right now we're dealing with the pandemic and quarantine. And like my life right now looks so drastically different than it did a year and a half ago. And what was a routine and a lifestyle for me then is so different than what it is for me now. And I've had to kind of adjust to what, again, what I need in that moment and collaborate with myself to figure out what's the best balance that I can right now. So it's really, it's continuously a lesson. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm, I'm a very stubborn person. So when (laughs) I made the decision to start my fitness journey, it, at that point, it was a lifestyle. Like I started my fitness journey and I was, I was always going to have fitness in my life. And I kind of made that decision and stuck with it. Yeah. Now I want to talk a bit about, and I only bring this up because I know that we've talked about it before. Otherwise I would have no idea of knowing that this is the way that you felt. But you've talked about kind of feeling guilty about your progress Mm. and about like not looking at yourself the way other people do. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. So um, for me, I would say my current like biggest struggle with my journey in itself is just feeling that sense of imposter syndrome of just kind of like when it comes to the results and like the like. I guess the success that I had when I was trying to lose weight and I achieved that, um, I really felt like I so blindly just went into it and was just like, oh, I'm going to do this journey. And then it kind of happened. I I did have a fairly linear transformation as far as like I started at my weight and then I hit my goal I it was you know there was like little bumps here and there mm-hmm. but for the most part it continued a downward motion towards the, the weight goal mm-hmm. um and for me I guess I really I just once I hit that point I realized how many women struggle with it and I really felt guilty for like I didn't deserve to have that kind of results and like there's so many people out there that so badly want to see changes and they struggle and I felt I, I to this day I still feel that like like I'm not deserving of what I achieved but at the same time I know that's crazy because I I did achieve it I did (laughs) you put in the work very hard work yeah but I still just there's that sense of imposter syndrome and that's more of an issue of like with myself and like my belief in like my own worth and like deserving of recognition and things like that which is something I'm working on for myself um but I, I think in general I just 
the imposter syndrome for so many people is so real and the guilt mm-hmm. around losing weight is so real. And I do feel like a part of that, you know, with the body love and mm-hmm. like kind of self-love movement of just like body positivity. I do think that when that really came to kind of a head and was like really bring a bot to, brought to attention, that was right around the time that I hit my goal. And so it was like, I was kind of receiving a little bit of backlash from people as far as like, oh, if you really loved yourself. And at the time I didn't. So it was fair. It was a fair assessment. But at the same time, that transformation, what I achieved was so much more than Mm -hmm. what you see in the photo, which is that I started at this weight and then I ended up at this weight. The transformation in that was truly more of like what things I was discovering about myself, the strength, getting out of my situation, overcoming what I did, really finding finding my own footing and starting to develop a relationship with myself like that transformation is so much more than that and it's I mean I look at that same transformation and I look at where I've gone since then and I'm like I I, even more of a transformation has occurred and it's hard to I I mean the guilt is there but I I really try not to I really try not to let it get to me too bad. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for women that are listening that might also struggle with the same thing? What are some ways that you try to overcome that guilt? Well, kind of like we said, just reminding myself that I did do the work. I mean, that I did show up. I did do that. I, since coronavirus, I've actually put on about Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 pounds. And at first I was a little hard on myself and I felt like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm gaining the weight back. But it's like, you know what? I did it before I can do it again and I've been consistently working out and kind of eating healthier and paying attention to those goals and again I'm seeing results and that really reaffirms what you know I I I know but I'm you know that guilt is still there kind of arguing against which is that this like you're achieving those things you're still doing the things that you know even though you may not feel like you're deserving of it you're still doing the things and everything you do is something to be proud of whether that's getting up in the morning and going for a walk whether that's getting in a workout whether that's eating a healthy meal or anything and everything in between everything is something to celebrate and to be proud of because it's all progress towards the bigger goal totally agree um, I want to start getting into some of the questions that girls ask because A, there's so many <laughs> and it covers so, it's going to cover so many amazing aspects of your journey. So one really interesting question that I got was, does it annoy you when people see weight loss as your biggest achievement? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, partially, yes, I guess it does because I am so much more than my weight loss journey. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I graduated college, which I worked my way through. So that was a huge accomplishment for me. It took 10 years, but I did it. So it's like, there's just a lot of other things outside of that. But what's interesting is that as far as my journey goes and what I consider the biggest accomplishment for my fitness journey, it's not actually hitting the weight goal. Mm-hmm. I would actually consider my biggest accomplishment just starting. Because I know where I started. I know I started. It's such a broken down place. And that decision to begin this journey was the hardest, biggest, most like bravest thing I could have done in that moment. And and that was so much harder than everything else that followed. So for me, I feel like the accomplishment was just making the decision and beginning. Absolutely. Now, how about 
what were some of the sacrifices you had to make in order to have a healthier lifestyle? And I got, I, there were several variations of this question and they all kind of centered around the sacrifices you have to make, like whether it's your social life or food or this or that. Um, so yeah, what would you consider the biggest sacrifices? I try not to sacrifice anything that I truly love. I am a big believer that if something if something is something really important to you or if it's something that you really love, like if there's a food you really love, like if you love Mexican food, you know what? You can find a way to make Mexican food work and be healthy and still have help you to achieve goals. It's more about scaling back and making edits. Um, I would say that a, a big sacrifice that I experienced outside of the fitness journey was a little bit with friends just because my lifestyle changed. I was no longer going out and going for drinks and partying. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to go out and have dinners with people. That's a big culture of like social aspect is going and having dinners and, and lunches. And I was no longer doing that with people, at least not to the same extent that I was before. So, uh, but it adjusted my friends that are still my friends to this day. We found other interests. We found other things that we could do together, active things, healthier things. And then the people that that was, they were more about a convenience of the lifestyle that we shared, you know, they faded away and, and that's fine. We're both on different paths now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, so speaking of eating and nutrition, uh, one question said, being consistent with nutrition, how? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely was not consistent with nutrition. Like as far as, as far as week to week meals, I would say I was consistent in a sense that for most of my journey, as far as the caloric deficit part, I was actually eating plant-based. So I was consistently eating in this way, but I wasn't, I still enjoyed life. I really tried to have like an 80-20 lifestyle. And when I first started your programs, Anna, I was in college. Mm -hmm. So I oftentimes, I don't know why, I started their workout program with the beginning of the semester. They like coincided together. Oh my gosh, that's funny. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, so for like eight or 10 weeks, I would be really on track and I'd be really focused. And that would hit about two, two and a half months into the semester, which was finals. It was finals time. And then I would fall off track during finals because I was so stressed. And so it was like I would work out consistently for like eight to ten weeks. And then I would have, you know, two to four weeks, maybe even six if it was over the summer or into the winter holidays where I was completely off track. And um, and then I would get back on. And it was like with the start of the semester. And I was continuously at the time I looked at it as restarting. But now I look back on it and it was just no, that was like ebbing and flowing. That was a time period where I wasn't as focused and then I got back on track. So it's more, I guess, to me, as far as consistency with food, it's really just always going, reverting back to your normal way of eating. And I don't mean normal way of eating as in like the way you ate before your fitness journey. Once you start your fitness journey and you're starting to eat healthier, that becomes the new normal way of eating. And there are times where you're not eating normal and you're eating other things that you normally would eat as often but then you just go you know what it's time for me to get back it's time for me to go back to my normal eating and get back on track with the healthy 
the healthy okay. foods. <laughs> um, now, how about on days where you weren't motivated, what made you work out? Um, gosh, I mean, robot mode is so real. <laughs> when you mm-hmm. don't want to work out and you have, you wake up and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do it. It really comes down to accountability. It really comes down to either holding yourself accountable or having somebody in your life that is willing to hold you accountable and be like, nope, you said you were going to work out this morning and like pushes you out the door to kind of go. And these days that almost has to be done virtually like due to COVID. But I would say pre-COVID, that's something that we've been doing for years because like you said, you joined the community Mm -hmm. and you know... This isn't at all to like plug how amazing, you know, like the app of the community is obviously I wholeheartedly believe that, but you know, the community was created, uh, if, if, for those of you that don't know, when we say FBG, I actually got a DM about this, um, yesterday. She's like, what is FBG? So FBG stands for fit body guides, which were the PDF eBooks, 12 week guides that I released, uh, June, 2015. And, um, you know, so the FBG girls were the girls that were in the FBG community. Now we don't, the FBG guides still are exist. You can still download them, but I would say 95% of women do the app just because not only is it so much, you know, better of an experience, but you get so, 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 so much more. Okay. I promise this is not, this is not meant to be (laughs) that. I promise just, just explaining. Okay, guys. So, um, so because we don't have like G in the app name anymore, but we still just refer to like the original FBG community where it started from. And it's grown to be way bigger Mm -hmm. than just like those guides. And it's grown to be way bigger than girls that are just doing their fitness community. It's really become a community of women supporting women through different phases of their life that even have nothing to do with fitness. So, okay. Oh, get off my soapbox. Um, You could (laughs) carry on. (laughs) Well, with the, I mean, that's a good point. It's like the FBG community held me so accountable and kept me so motivated and like checking in with those girls and, you know, going into my DMs and seeing somebody's like, Hey, did you get your workout in? It was like, Oh crap. No, I gotta (laughs) do that. I can't let this person down, you know? So that definitely is a part of it. Um, as far as motivation. The FBG community is a massive part of helping stay motivated and having that support. Well, I think also because so many people don't have that support at home, they don't have it in person. Mm -hmm. Did you have any in-person support? When I began my journey, I was just so scared. I didn't want anyone to know because I was yeah. so scared of of like failing and and just mm-hmm. letting myself down and I didn't want to see everybody else's face and and hear what they thought and like, you know, I just I was so shy about it. I didn't want anybody to see me. I didn't post a photo of my face for oh gosh, it was probably like it was probably about six months. Like it took me a long time. And it was really after I connected with girls that I started feeling more confident and being able to show my face and, and be a little more transparent about my journey. Um, cause I felt, it felt safe. And I, so I really, um, yeah, I did not have the same support once I told people, like I told my mom, my mom was like, that's great. You know, like, One, but- yes, exactly. <laughs> But I did have a family member that was um, that was really negative, and oh. especially after I hit my goal weight, I had family members that were extremely negative about mm. where I was at in my journey and how my body had changed, telling me that I looked way better before and um, just being really, really unsupportive at that point. 
But yeah. starting the journey, once I decided to tell people, everybody was all for it. Right, right. And I feel like, because I went through a similar thing, like I was anonymous on my account for a year and I didn't even tell people. Instagram outed me. Like it sent everyone <laughs> a notification. Anna Victoria has joined Instagram oh ads. And and I was I was yeah, the username was Instafem Fitness. So a lot a lot of people were like, Anna, like is this like is this a glitch? Is this you? And I remember just like, you know that feeling that washes over you when something happens and it's just like you get yes. all warm and hot and you feel like you're yes. melting. And I just remember because my sister got the notification and she was like, Anna, and I was like, oh no, like I was like, it's oh, over. No. My secret is out. You know? Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, um, I actually <laughs> had a very similar situation where it's like when Facebook decided to notify people yes. about Instagram because you use the same email or something and it notified people. But at that point I was like, I was more comfortable with people knowing. Yeah. And so I was less you know, I was less worried. Yeah. But that's horrible. I can feel the oh anxiety. Gosh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a part of it <laughs> these days a bit. It's hard to hide from people. But I do suggest, you know, if girls join the community and create their FBG Insta, mm -hmm. to put it on private. Even, yes. like, have a fake name. Create a fake email for it, you know, if you want to completely Use a go. different profile picture. Yeah. Use a different profile yeah. picture. Just really. Because I do think that it is such a huge part of why girls in the community do, you know, you know, see success. And I swear, I'm not just mm -hmm. saying this, like we've talked about this so much, like that is one of the biggest keys. Like workouts are great. Like, yeah, Absolutely. the workouts are going to kick your ass, but like on those days when you feel like not continuing yeah. on, cause you don't have the will, like the girls will pull you through. Okay. We're going to move on <laughs> to have a question more about your journey. Um, so uh, the one question is how do she remain positive when her hard work is not visible in a short amount of time? Oh, well, I mean, I didn't actually see my results in a short amount of time. Like I said, I didn't really figure out the idea of a caloric deficit and kind of like needing to eat less than I'm expending in order to see weight loss until I was about six months in. So for the first six months of my journey, I really saw like zero progress. Which and that's a it, long time, it's you long know, time. to be working hard with your workouts and yeah. Like I did, I did see a little bit of like bloating drop and yeah. just kind of like, you know, I could tell that there was more muscle. I felt stronger, but I wasn't seeing actual weight loss, like fat loss. Yeah. And so I, I mean, staying positive, it was really about trusting the process and trusting that, you know, if, as long as you keep working towards your goals, like you'll eventually reach them. Yeah. Not everything has to be a gung ho, mm -hmm. full steam ahead in order to like reach your goals. You can very slowly make changes and, and still achieve progress and eventually reach it. It just, you really just have to remind yourself that like, if you're doing the things, you will see the results yeah. and you and if you're not seeing results check the things you're doing to make sure that they're the things that are going to help you see results right and i love that you said that like i didn't see results you know in a short amount of time mm -hmm. because i think that that is a misconception that people have that like let's say even if they are eating great from the beginning and killing their workouts and doing all the right things it still takes months and it's different for every mm -hmm. person 
um, which is hard when we have Instagram in the mix of like seeing all these people. And, you know, oh gosh, this is another tangent that we could have gone <laughs> off on before. But just like when you only see that before and that after, like there's so much yes. in between and so many ups and downs that you don't see that makes it seem like everyone has it so much easier than you. But that's not the case at all. No. Um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, it's really important for people to know that like quick results aren't a thing unless it's a crash mm-hmm. diet or a fad, in which case is not sustainable yes. anyways. Right. So, and like now currently where, like I said, I'm back on track with trying to focus on mm. achieving goals. Like I definitely took a time period off where I wasn't and I just yeah. kind of lived my life and, yeah. you know, my best quarantine life that's over here. where I'm but- at, Yeah. <laughs> But um, I'm now I am focused on maybe being able to have my pants fit more comfortably, you know? Oh, that's um, so real. I love it. <laughs> so I am right now I'm struggling to see results as quickly as I would like. And right. and it is it's hard to stay positive, but you really just have to remind yourself that like you can you can do something or you cannot do something. Either way, the time is gonna pass. And so right. if you're not doing things like you're, you know, you're still six months down the road, you're still not gonna see any changes because you haven't done anything. But if you do things, even if it's yeah. just a little bit and you're doing them, eventually six months down the road, you will have made progress. Yeah. So you just have to remind yourself the time is gonna pass anyway. You might yeah. as well be doing something for it. Absolutely. We're gonna dive into some questions uh, that are a bit more on the personal side of things a bit about you working with the team, (laughs) working with me. Um, So someone asked how or what made slash encouraged you to join Anna's team? Oh, okay. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. So, um, well, a little bit. So I graduated college in May of 2017 and you launched the app in December of 2017. Yes. And I had moved home from Austin to Houston, Texas, because uh, I went to college in uh, Texas State. So I was there in Austin and I moved home to Houston and I wasn't working at the time. My grandmother is older and she has dementia. And so I was her caregiver for many months. And it was, I was helping out my mom in that way. And cause it's just the two of us and my grandmother. And so when I, when you were launched the app, I was really excited about it mm-hmm. and I, I was very excited to try it. But then I was wondering, I was like, oh, I wish there was a way for me to like, you know, be a part of that and to like help it and like to help grow it. And I started looking for a job and I reached out to you mm-hmm. for actually a letter of recommendation because yes, I was like, I, remember. I, I, I was like, I was like, okay, like she, she's seen me use her programs and do this. She can write me a really good letter of recommendation for my character and just kind of like the kind of person that I am. And you reached out, you replied back and you were like, well, actually, I don't know if you saw the newsletter, <laughs> but uh, I'm hiring and I thought of you and I. I I was so excited because I had seen the newsletter come out right after I had sent the letter of recommendation. It was like, I I reached out to you about that. And then it was like that Sunday Uh you sent the newsletter and then you replied. So it was only a few days later. And I was like, yes, actually I did see it. And I'm, I'm applying like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Because as soon as I saw that job, I was just like, that's my job. I was like, that's it. That's, I'm going for that. I want that. And I want to be a part of this. So for me, it was very much a, 
I don't know, like a, I knew at first sight, but I knew at first listing. <laughs> right. All the, it seems like all the puzzle pieces just fell into place. Yeah. And, and for those listening, um, you know, for me, it is so important that the, that my team members believe in what we're doing, that they get it, quote unquote, get it. Because like, sure, like I could hire someone that's like not in the community and bring people on that like are really good at business and like, sure, they might work out, but like, I want it to me, I I can teach those things, you know, but you can't teach the passion for the community and like understanding our message and what we're about. And so as my team has grown, like I have reached out to the community in the beginning, it was posting in newsletters since then. Now I have girls reaching out, you know, (laughs) wanting to apply. Um, Yeah. So just, you know, for me, I wanted to reach out to the community and uh, find someone that was as passionate about the community as I am. And Chandler, I remember when you did send the actually, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't remember it until you brought it up about the letter of recommendation. But I remember when I saw that, I was just like, oh man, like what a coincidence. Like, of course, yes, but you know, so, um, yeah. And then obviously, so now we have, um, four total, four other, yeah, four total. Yeah. FBG girls, including myself. Um, well, and then some of the girls that you've hired on have since joined the community. They've joined and they now do yes. the app and they, so they've become FBG yes, girls through working for you. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to <laughs> say that like I would only hire girls from the community. Um, but you know, I just wanted to have like kind of like the pillars of my team and each mm-hmm. kind of category really get the mission and the focus and the message and everything. And yeah, like you said, some have now joined the community and, and <laughs> quote unquote, get it. So anyways. All right. So, um, what type of work were you doing before joining the team? So I actually was, I had gotten my studio art degree. I am a professional artist. That sounds so weird to say, Mm -hmm. but with my BFA in printmaking, I am technically a professional artist. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was working at an art gallery, uh, in Austin, Texas. It was a print shop and art gallery. And before that I waited tables, Mm -hmm. which coincidentally actually fueled a lot of my kind of like food addiction and my Mm -hmm. weight gain because it was like, I was working at uh, like a Southern cooking house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I was working at these steakhouses that had these really rich foods and I would be working double shifts. So I'd be eating it for lunch and then I'd yeah. be eating it for dinner. And it was just like every day, every day I was eating these foods. So for all the restaurant workers that are trying to do this journey, I see you, I hear mm-hmm. you. It's hard, but I believe in you. Yeah. Um, and now what about what do you do as a Fit Body team member? What is your job? <laughs> oh man. So, <laughs> the list could go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we uh, our team really is really great about doing so many things like all just everybody works in different areas with like helping each other to like make sure that things are the best they possibly can be. But for the most part, I am on the creative team. I am the junior creative director. So Anna Anna is my boss. <laughs> she is Which the is creative so weird. director. I like hate that term like being anyone's boss. Like I don't see it that way, but sure. Technically, <laughs> you're a great boss. Yes, so own it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mostly do creatives now. I work kind of oversee with the community and really, I mean, I kind of am just like your right hand yes. for everything as far as like content and mm-hmm. creation and um, 
marketing and just everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything that you girls like see like or read Chandler has mm-hmm. a hand in. And, you know, we will say this is since this is kind of a behind the scenes look at the team. <laughs> I, you know, for the past year um, have been kind of uh, training Chandler to kind of take over as like my creative eye so that because as we scale and as we grow, I can't be involved in every single decision. I try to and I kind of <laughs> fail miserably because I can only do so much. You do not fail. Uh, you do not fail. You. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Chandler is that person that is now heading projects. And then after there is kind of like the the structure of it, then that's when I come in and I kind of make tweaks and uh, we go from there. So, oh man. Okay. Some of these, what's Anna like as a boss? Okay. That question was asked. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's very similar to what people see on Instagram. I mean, you're very compassionate. You're very understanding. You're a great listener. You're very supportive, like definitely all those things. And yeah. you, but you're also, I mean, you're also no bullshit. Like definitely, you know, you have no problem stepping in and being the boss. Like I I think it's, you're very, it's very accurate. It's just transitioned more into a business sense versus an Instagram sense. (laughs) You know what? That is true. Cause I do like, I I do like the kind of um, tough love kind of approach, you know, and I, it's hard though, especially in a work sense. It's so hard. Um, okay, I don't, I don't want to talk too much on this because I want to get to your questions. But um, yeah, you know, I feel like kind of even in a fitness sense, sometimes I like ebb and flow. Sometimes I'm more kind of like tough love focused mm-hmm. in some time periods, and other times it's more like, oh, it's okay, you know. Um, so yeah, all right. Next question. Um, did she? This is actually an interesting one. Did she plan to okay. move back to Texas before you guys did? So this is a interesting situation. Yeah. So, um, this was something that like when Anna and Luca decided they were going to move to Texas, I mean, obviously being from Texas, it was something that we all discussed (laughs) and we talked about, talked about Austin and, you know, all the recommendations definitely. And, um, initially there was that question of like, are we going to go remote? Are people going yeah. to stay in California and work remote or, or like, what's the plan? But then, you know, with coronavirus happening, yeah. uh, there was kind of this moment of where it was really bad in Italy. And with y'all's connections mm-hmm. to Italy, uh, y'all kind of reached out to me and were like, hey, so this is what's happening. And you were actually checking to make sure that I just had like groceries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, have you gone to the store? Are you checking the news? Because yeah. I'm not the biggest news oriented mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, no, I should do that. Um, but so at that point, it was like when we realized that things were shutting down and that the future of just like everything was so uncertain with my mom and my grandmother and that whole situation, I made the decision that to move back and I moved the week we went into lockdown. Like I decided Friday I was moving back to Houston. I was all packed up and moved out by Monday. And then Thursday they had the lockdown happen. Um, And I didn't arrive in Texas until Wednesday because it was a three-day drive I drove. So it was like I got in the day before lockdown happened. And then a few months later, y'all joined me in Texas. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of – it was an interesting, I don't know, setup. Like because you moved to L.A. for the job. You moved from Mm -hmm. Houston to L.A., 
then I mean you were there for like what two two, two years. years and then Luca and I you know dropped the bombshell that you know we talked about <laughs> it over time but you know that we were moving to Austin and everyone mm-hmm. was gonna pretty much go remote at that time we were talking to the team though about hey if you want to move to Austin and have like you know relocate we'll have that discussion with each individual team member it wasn't a requirement by any means but um it's so funny to like look back on those conversations now in a like COVID mm-hmm. world that like now remote working is, you know, going to be kind of the status quo for a lot of people and, you know, definitely for us. And I can't imagine now thinking of having, you know, someone relocate here. (laughs) But I mean, there is like, it is different when we're working together in person. There's like Mm -hmm. a different synergy and excitement, but we just try to replicate that over Zoom these days. So, (laughs) well, and being in Houston, I'm only three hours away. So it's actually really convenient because that's just like, I mean, for people that three hours sounds like a long time. When you're in a large state, three hours is nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, I think it's actually two and a half yeah. from like my house to y'all's house. It's like exactly two and a half hours. Yeah. And so it's really not that bad. And it's, it's a nice little, a nice little drive to listen to the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you get to come see Rigatoni, which by the way, yes. Chandler is Rigatoni's like, um, uh, litter mate. Like literally, like that's how that's how we look at it because he plays with her like she's and and I of course I don't say that in a demeaning way at all. You say no. this more than we do. I, uh, but anyone listening, they're like, did she just call her a dog? No, no, we joke about this all I, the time. Yeah. Just saying, yeah. you know, she gets to come and surprise Rigatoni, and it's the best. I, I have um for people that have not seen the video or don't know me, I have like red hair and Rigatoni is a, is a red, like golden. Yeah. And so I always joke that he thinks I'm his litter mate yes. and that I am his oh sibling. <laughs> so great. Okay. All right. Let's get, get back to some questions about your journey and about you. Okay. Um, who are your top three inspirations, both personally and professionally? Oh man. That's a hard question. Uh, that's a like. really hard mm-hmm. one. Um, I mean, I would definitely say you, of course. Like, you've been a huge inspiration to me, especially professionally. Like, I love, I mean, for people that that don't, I guess, more of an insight and behind the scenes. Like, I mean, I've traveled with you and Luca, and we've gone to lots of events together. And, like, I've gotten to see you in business professional Mm -hmm. settings where, like, you're meeting with the editor-in-chief of Women's Health and things like that and getting to see your interactions and see how you handle business. And and it just, it's really, like, definitely you're a huge inspiration. And I feel very privileged to have gotten to, like, witness this from you. So yeah. (laughs) And then, um, I would also probably say, obviously my mom and my grandmother, they're both very strong women. Obviously our, our family line is all women, my grandmother, my mom and me. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so I, I definitely, I would say that most of my inspirations have been very strong, strong women. And on that note, I mean, the FBG community, there's so many women in the FBG community. I can't even begin to name everyone Mm -hmm. that I just, I scroll through my feed and whether it's somebody sharing just about how they crushed their workout that day, or they're sharing a deep personal, like vulnerable moment from their life. Like everyone is so inspiring. Beautiful. Now, this is a question I got a lot, and I have some thoughts about it, whatever. Did she have surgery? Or, like, what did you do about, like, you lose skin? So, Chandler, did you have weight loss surgery? 
<gasps> no, <laughs> I did not. I did not have weight loss surgery. I did not have any skin removal. I have not had any sort of breast augmentation or anything at all whatsoever. Um, and that's not to say that I put that down either, because I mean, let's get real. Any woman that has had a weight, been on a weight loss journey or even had kids has fantasized yeah. about having right. a breast augmentation. <laughs> right. but, even um, me, same. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, I definitely like as far as loose skin goes, so many factors go into whether or not somebody has loose skin and how visible it is. Like even with cellulite, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of comes down to your genetics. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I don't have a lot of cellulite, visible cellulite. I do have it. It's just not as visible as it is for other people. Um, as far as loose skin goes, I, I'm, Five nine. I'm very tall, um, which also for 85 pound weight loss, that's very different on somebody that is five nine versus somebody that's like say five two. Right. Like that's a very different weight loss, and everybody carries their weight differently. I carried my weight overall, like my whole body. Of course, I had areas that took on more weight, but like, I mean, even my feet were a different size. Mm -hmm. My ankles were a different size. My wrists, like everything was a different, I was, it was full body weight gain and weight loss. And then on top of that, I would say as far as like actual, like loose skin and like the, the weight, uh, I was really only, oh, like, medically considered obese for about a year and a half to two years. So even though I did lose that 85 pounds, it wasn't something I had had for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And when I was at my absolute leanest, I absolutely did see a little bit of loose skin starting to happen in like my lower belly. Mm -hmm. I call it my Marilyn, my Marilyn Monroe bump. (laughs) But um, yeah, I definitely started to see some loose skin in my Marilyn. And, and, you know, once I started putting on a little bit of weight, that went away. And no, my stomach's, you know, not flat. It's got a little bit of a bump to it, but that's totally normal. And I'm not... I'm not concerned with it being perfectly flat. And if I did, then I might deal with loose skin, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, What FBG program did you follow? Shred, tone, or sculpt? So... I mean, the FBG guides, I did those. And then I've, I've done tone my entire journey. Um, to this day, it's still my favorite (laughs) every now and then I'll switch it up with some shred or a sculpt workout, but I just really, I just really love tone. Amazing. And, um, what role did self-esteem play in her fitness story and what advice could you offer on it? Oh man. Well, self-esteem is, a tricky thing. Like I said, when I started my journey, I was in such a broken place and it was, you know, a broken place due to a relationship, um, that I removed myself from for the betterment of everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's still something, the impacts of that situation to this day still like affect me. And self-esteem is something that, like I said, with imposter syndrome and just feeling worthy and deserving of things, it's something that I feel like everyone struggles with on some level. 
And I think that to me, that's the advice that makes me feel better is that like, I'm not alone in this. Like everyone's experiencing some form of self-esteem, some sort of doubt, whether it's even just, oh gosh, whether it's just having a conversation and then later on replaying it in your head and going, oh my gosh, did I really just say that? You know, and you're like, did that really just leave my mouth? I mean, everybody has those moments. And I think that for me with the self-esteem, I just really try to focus on reminding myself that everyone feels the exact same way that I do. If I'm getting into a bathing suit, I know that every woman that puts on a bathing suit feels the exact same way and is like, oh gosh, people are going to see me. And it's just, it's reminding yourself that you're not alone in those thoughts and being like, but but it's okay. And I'm brave enough to do this, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's wearing a swimsuit or having social interactions and not feeling like a total dweeb after, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Uh, Great. I have two more questions for you. You, So you know what these are. So uh, the name of the podcast is Your Best Life. And the whole point of that is just as you're, you were kind of alluding to, there's no such thing. We all have, yeah. you know, whether it's different insecurities or different things that we're working on to help us allow, to help us live our own version of our best life. So if you had to pick something that has allowed you to live your best life, what would that be? Uh, so I do know how this works and I've definitely <laughs> thought about this, <laughs> uh, but, uh, for me, I think the biggest thing that has allowed me to live my best life is the relationship I've cultivated with myself. It is the self accountability. It is the respect. It's the honesty. It's the just, I mean, just kind of taking a moment to really get to know myself and, and, have that kind of relationship where I can be completely transparent and vulnerable, even with the parts about myself that I don't like and like see those parts and be like, okay, so I see that. What are we doing about this situation? And just really being present with myself and cultivating that because we all, we all just want somebody that's going to love us and support us. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why you can't also do that for yourself beautifully said. Amen. Uh, My last question is where can people find and follow you? (laughs) So I am solely on Instagram at taco about a mangover. So it's spelled taco B-O-U-T-A mango V-E-R. Perfect. Great. Thank you Chandler. This was so amazing. Such a great, not just a girl chat, but like so inspirational and I feel like even though we've talked about so many of these things it's such a great reminder to have and like to reflect on and especially as as I am really trying to dig deep and find that motivation this was very motivating for me personally oh yay bye all right guys that was my conversation with Chandler at talk about a mangover (laughs) Luca what did you think it was a great and real conversation. It was a very good insight on uh, a, a fitness journey, what a fitness journey right. really is, you know, all the up and downs and how it starts, you know, and, and the, the, you know, the progress and, you know, just uh, how you manage uh, life and, and fitness. Yeah, and that is true. And I really love how she kind of described about like, 
you know, A, like she didn't lose the weight really quickly and like right. she's not always on track. And like, cause that is the truth. Like that is the reality of a fitness journey. Like no one is going, it's not a linear journey and you're not always going to be on track. And it's also not even like a weekly kind of balance. Sometimes it's a monthly balance. Like sometimes one week you're doing great and another week you're not, you know, and obviously you need to have more good days than bad, you know, if you are after like aesthetic and physical progress. But if you're not like you just even like, you know, prioritizing yourself and always, you know, keeping track of like how you're taking care of yourself, you know, is, is enough. So what I really love that she said, I actually hadn't ever heard her say this before, was that she's not competing with herself, she's collaborating with herself. Yeah, I like the quote. And I think that's such a great message because some people can get too bogged down in the competition, whether it's with other people or like, you know, with yourself. And that's a legitimate thing to be aware of and to, if you know that that's not going to motivate you, then looking at it as a collaboration, I think is such a healthy way of looking at it. So I totally agree. Yeah. And you know, I didn't know about the letter of recommendation. That's the first time I heard about it. Yeah. I missed the part. Yeah, I really, I didn't remember that until she said it. And I do remember that feeling of getting that DM and being like, oh, like, because she was kind of someone in the community that like really motivated me, really inspired me and so many other girls in the community. And like I said, like, I always wanted to be sure that our team is built of people who care, like who don't just look at this as a business. They look at it as, you know, like uh, people who are truly wanting to help them. And I yeah. wanted to be yeah. sure that I surrounded myself with with women that feel the same way. And when, you know, Chandler reached out to me about like, you know, she was looking for a job. It was just like, like, oh man, like this would be perfect if, and you know, that is what ended up happening. So... It worked out and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing what you think on Insta. Send us a DM or a comment and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to share with a friend, spread the word and help us grow our tribe. Please rate and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes each week. You can also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, both under the same name, Your Best Life Podcast, to keep the conversation going. You can also send me an email at yourbestlifepodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured in a future episode. Your Best Life is a Gallery Media Group original production.